can be one of the most famous people in the world, but if you're not in touch with yourself and you're not aligned with yourself, you won't ever feel fulfilled. It doesn't matter how much money or how many followers you have until you're integrated with yourself. You don't necessarily feel fulfilled. Welcome back to Passionate Pursuits, powered by Corns Coaching, LLC. I'm your host, Bridget Corns. My guest today is Lauren V. Davis, and she is a truth-telling powerhouse. She calls out authentic expression in her clients and in her podcast guests on the Real Personal Branding Podcast. She is the authority you are going to want to listen to when it comes to personal branding, because as you will hear her discuss on her podcast, when her life circumstances got difficult, it was her authentic and honest personal brand that really kept her grounded. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome Lauren Davis to the show. I've had the joy of getting to know Lauren as I've spent the past six weeks in an entrepreneurial accelerator she is co-leading with my mentor, Molly. She's the founder of Lauren Davis Creative, a marketing and branding consultancy that will help you create memorable personal branding messages that convert to engagement and lifelong clients. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for being here. So I think that maybe our listeners would be curious about how personal branding relates to pursuing your passion and purpose. So what can you tell us about that interconnectedness? Yeah, I mean, personal brand is basically who you are and how you show up into the world. And, you know, some people say it's like what people say about you and you're not in the room. And yeah, to an extent, that is somewhat true. You know, we want to, we don't want to care so much about what other people think of us, right? But it's the idea of when you are in a space and you touch someone and you create a relationship with them, how does that relationship, you know, cause a ripple effect through your life? How do people remember you? Um, how do they refer you when they want to work with you? I mean, I, I do a lot of personal branding in the business space. How do people remember you when you're on stage, when you're speaking to an audience of people, whether it's four people or 15 people, all of that stuff matters. And I like to help people take the real versions of themselves, the real like the actual person that they are and help them lean into that and infiltrate that through their personal brand presence. So that way they don't feel like they're creating this fake universe of who they are on the Mm. outside while feeling like that's not really who I am on the inside or I can't let people see the real me. Um, That's, I really, really love to see people for who they are and see them, you know, at the core of who they are and then help them translate that out if they want to, right? Mm -hmm. If they want to. Yeah. How do you help someone get in touch with that core of who they are? I feel like that's a lost art today. I, for me, the way that I help people get in touch with who they are, um, as a facilitator of, of personal branding and helping and coaching people through building their personal brand is that I just listen. I ask them questions. I ask them what, what, makes them them what makes them passionate about something what really irks them about something like Mm. what are the injustices of the world that make them want to do the job that they do and i think there's um one thing to kind of keep in mind is there is a difference between what a personal brand is and what personal branding is so Mm -hmm. a personal brand is a broadly recognized uniform perception of an individual based on 
their experience, expertise, their competencies, their actions, achievements within either a community, an industry, a marketplace, a group setting uh, from stage like that. That's what a personal brand is. But personal branding is this intentional conscious effort to position yourself in like as an authority in your industry. So it elevates your credibility, it differentiates you from competition, and it advances your career, it increases your circle of influence, and it allows you to have a much larger impact on the people that you want to serve. Mm. How do you, how does someone really hone in and craft and translate that authority? Um, because I feel like we've been told, oh, you need credentials or you need to get this degree or, and I just feel like it's so much more nuanced than that. Yeah, I think it is more nuanced than that. I think, um, you know, you and I, we had the pleasure of, of joining a call the other night for the accelerator that, that you mentioned in the beginning here. And one of the things that our speaker talked about, Leslie Lyons, is what is the thing that makes you uniquely you? What is the thing that that gives you unique credibility? She said something like that I love and I just want to credit her. Leslie Lyons is an amazing speaker and facilitator, but um, she said something about how when you are when you lean into selling yourself <laughs> with mm-hmm. with the things that you've done, the colleges you've attended or the certifications you have or the you know articles you've been on or something like that, when you lean into that, that's a resume. That's not yeah. necessarily yeah. your credibility. Your credibility is the thing that makes you uniquely you when you're talking about your personal brand. What makes you uniquely credible in order to help the person that you're helping? So it's a different, it's really different per person. It's different per industry. And it just takes some, It one, it takes some permission for from yourself. You got to give yourself permission to just be who you are. And Mm -hmm. that if that was easy, so many of our problems would be solved. So many of us (laughs) would think a lot less, overthink a lot less about how we show up, right? Yeah, if we were if we just accepted and gave ourselves permission to be who we are. Um, The second thing is, though, even I, it's taken me years to understand what is the thing that makes me so unique? Why do like, why do I keep having clients show up in my inbox. I love it. Don't get me wrong. It's nice to have clients referred to me, but what is the thing that makes me so different from everyone else that I'm the person that's being referred? Mm -hmm. And so for me, that unique, that unique credibility was that people feel really safe when they're working with me. They feel Mm -hmm. like they can be themselves. They feel like there's, I hold space without judgment about any of their thoughts and feelings along the way while building their brand. And I'm a much more hands-on person than some coaches that you might work with. I like, I'm here for all the feelings because I'm a very feely <laughs> person, you know? Um, that's what was special for me. And what honestly, um, interestingly enough, I heard that mostly from male clients because mm-hmm. I think that in some spaces, especially spaces where everything is about how much money you make and if you had a six or seven figure year or like all of these different uh like <laughs> buzz, fra- <laughs> buzz phrases that get thrown out i think it can be so intimidating for somebody who's like i just want to build a business that actually helps people and impacts people like yeah 
truly at my core, that's what I want to do. And me being able to like sort, like hold this space for people while marketing and building brands with them is um, the special thing that I bring to the table. Whether I have the right words to express that yet, I'm still figuring that part out. I've still been doing the work and um, figuring that part out for myself as I go. And that's the beautiful thing about a personal brand is it grows and develops and expands throughout time. And you get to just as you change as a human and you grow and you learn more about yourself and you learn more about the world around you. So your personal brand also gets to grow. It also gets to move with you. And that's, I think, the beautiful thing. You get to kind of build that along the way. I want to circle back around to a question that I had for you as you were talking, but something I noticed just as you were flushing through that was that you have this visionary focus on the long term. So it's about steps that you can take now and things you can put into place now, but it creates longevity, impact, legacy. It's organic. It's not forced. It's like, we're not adding miracle grow here. We're adding true, rich, deep, nourishing soil. So these plants can build deep roots and just grow um, organically. And I think the difference and the reason why I've been turned off by that marketing that you were talking about is that it's only about quick wins. It's about being a firecracker, but firecrackers are beautiful for two seconds and then they're gone. Yeah. I don't want to be a firecracker. Always gone too soon too. You're always like, wait, that was it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, great. So I'll make six figures today and then tomorrow I'll be broke because the strategy just doesn't convert into legacy and longevity. Yeah. And when I get on a call with somebody too, like, you know, the first, if, if I get on a call with someone and they want to know about hacks, like Mm -hmm. hacks and tricks to, and the, the language we use is very important because if they want to know about those things, I am usually going to start like wondering if they are a qualified match to work with me because I'm not Mm. going to, I'm, we want to give some, we want to give some short-term wins that make you feel good and build confidence, but they're not going to be wins. Like, uh, I'm going to, we're going to make you go viral right away. You know, that doesn't really do anything to the back end and the systems that you put in place to build your personal brand. It also doesn't make you that you can be one of the most famous people in the world, but if you're not in touch with yourself and you're not aligned with yourself, you don't feel, you won't ever feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. matter how much money or how many followers you have. I mean, I would, I would, I would say that this is likely true for most people. Yeah. You can make more money and that can bring you more ability to make more choices and have more autonomy and, and do more things, but does that actually make you happy? Um, I would say that until you're you're integrated with yourself, you don't necessarily feel fulfilled. And so my goal is to kind of help people find the things that they love about themselves that they want to share with the world. I love that. And yeah, yeah it brings value. It shows your value. It, it brings like it shows it lets you step into your most powerful place. Um, it shows your knowledge. It helps you have more conversations with people, especially for introverts like me. I'm (laughs) people don't think I'm an introvert, but I'm such an introvert and like um, social situations start to deplete me over a period of time. And so having the things that I know I'm very confident and knowledgeable about and the things that give me that unique credibility 
those things help me start conversations. It also builds trust with people over time. People start to trust you and, and they want to refer you, which mm -hmm. brings you more opportunities, right? So yeah. building a personal brand does all of these things. And that's that's why I'm passionate about it. It's yeah. not it's not the um, you know, let's let's make an influencer. It's not that kind of thing. It's more like yeah. let's let's see how you can really shine and make an impact in the world. And yeah. I have I have kind of like a five some five steps if somebody wanted to start a personal brand, um, five questions that I would say mm. they should ask themselves. And mm -hmm. we can kind of talk through those if you'd like. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so the first question is, will people find you? Um, mm. So that's the first thing I say when someone is trying to build a personal brand. I say, what if you were to take out your phone right now and you were to Google your name and a word that someone might associate you with after meeting you, what would they find? Mm -hmm. Like, because the first thing, if you think about it, you're at a networking event, you're out at a conference, you are, you just met someone for the first time um, through a friend and they're like, what do you do? And you tell them a little bit about what you do. And then you're like, wow, that person was so cool. I loved Bridget. That was such a great conversation. And then you walk away and then the next day you're like, oh, I really got to get in touch with her. What are you going to do? Like, what do you do next? Google, Google. Yeah, <laughs> you open up your phone, you Google Bridget, and then you Google a word associated with it, yep. right? So that's what I ask people first is, will people find you? What happens when someone does that? Mm -hmm. um, one quick little tip is that LinkedIn is like really high up on SEO. So mm. and really high up. That's, those are great technical words. It's really, <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's very SEO friendly. So, um, so making sure that your LinkedIn page, if that makes sense for you, is kind of put together, that's going to be really helpful for you. Mm -hmm. um, making sure that you use some of the words that people use to talk about you with. I in, love that. In your messaging and in your marketing. You want to make sure that people can find you if your goal is, especially if your goal is to make money or to build connections or build relationships with people. Um, you need you need, and then you need to kind of know and take note, take stock in all of the different paths people might take to get to you, right? So yeah. like, which how are they how are they going to find you? Like, where are they coming from? What links are they clicking on? What where are they going? You know. Mm -hmm. The second thing that you'll want to ask yourself is how will they experience you once they get there? So mm -hmm. if somebody is coming to to find your you and coming to figure out where you are when they get there, is it an old outdated bio from 2008 that you haven't <laughs> updated yet? Or is it like a bio that actually says something about you and says something about what you're trying to build right now, mm -hmm. who you are, what kind of impact you're trying to make in the world? Um, it, are your bios consistent throughout different social media platforms? And are you using a profile picture that will actually properly identify you? So I always say like, you know, like I love the pictures of nature and stuff. And if, of course, if you don't want to be connected with on social media, you know, I understand why, why some people might not use a personal or a profile picture, but mm -hmm. if your goal is to stay connected um, throughout, throughout, you know, your business as a personal brand, you're going to want to use a picture of yourself. 
and you're going to want to do the grocery store test. So if I was able, mm -hmm. if I was in the grocery store and I saw you from like three aisles away and squinting because I forgot to wear my glasses, would I be able to know that it's the same you from the picture as the you that I'm seeing in the grocery store? Or is it a completely different picture or like mm -hmm. a picture from 25 years ago or a picture that maybe only shows the back of your head and I can't actually see you. Like, I want to make sure that the picture is going to be kind of consistent throughout social media. Mm -hmm. The third question is how will you continue your relationship once you get there? So how will you continue your relationship with the person once they get there? This is where I usually recommend for um, a certain, for most, a certain type of entrepreneur, I recommend a content source. So creating some kind of content, um, whether it's a podcast, like the one that we're on right now, or a blog or a newsletter you send out monthly, mm -hmm. having that relationship with somebody and how, how you continue to nurture that relationship is really key. Because um, as my friend Mike Kim says, uh, marketing is not about closing a sale, it's about opening a relationship. And I think that's so beautiful and so wonderful because that is how I look at at my business. I've never made a relationship with somebody and contrived a relationship with somebody because I want the sale from them. I've yeah. only opened these relationships and that feels very integrity to me and to what I what I strive to be. And that's not to say that someone else might go about it a different way. And that is also fine for them if that is in their integrity. But yeah. for me, opening those relationships and continuing those relationships through my content, through emails, through newsletters, through one-on-one -on -one connections like what we're having right now, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff is really special to me. And so I want people to think about how they will continue the relationship within, within that space. Yeah, amen. It's about the lifetime value of your relationship with them, not about this immediate sale. Yeah, and I think cultivating... You just never know what cultivating a relationship can open up. Absolutely. Um, yeah. All right, cool. Are, are you tracking with me so far? Yeah, and, we're on number okay. four. <laughs> yeah, number four is, do you have a simple operating system? So a system could be anything, right? But if but the first thing I talk to people, especially new business owners, is like, do you have a way to take payments? <laughs> do you have a contract yeah. or a proposal? <laughs> like, if you don't, just there's some easy basic things that you can find online um mm -hmm. make yourself a contract make yourself a proposal create some kind of system for staying in contact with people create some kind of system for how you will check in on your clients um create the back end systems before like uh, or as you as you go but don't wait until you know you're 10 clients in and then and then something happens and you don't have a system <laughs> But, you know, if someone says like, hey, I love what you're talking about. I want to hire you. Do you have the things in place today to be able to meet that need? To get I feel paid? so called out. <laughs> this just happened to me, actually. Really? Um, really? Oh, was, I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just after our session, I was asked by a local CEO of a company. I love your work. You know, I love how you work. I love your brain. I want to hire you and, you know, send me a proposal. And I was like, whoa. Hold on a hot second. You want a what? <laughs> and then I kind of, and then I kind of thought back and I'm like, Lauren, Lauren, she told us to have this ready, but yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's exciting. And the good thing is 
I'm creating this infrastructure now. This is the first time this has opened up for me. Yeah. Um, so that in the future, when more opportunities open up, then I'm prepared and I have something that I can give. But yeah, it's happening. So yeah. I strongly recommend. And my, like Molly says, chat GPT, you'd be surprised. Get real specific also, with what you're looking for. Yes, you can use AI. You can also, I'm just saying like right now, proposals do not have to be complicated. Yeah. They do not have to be complicated. They can be a table that you open up on Google Docs yeah. and write what the services you're providing and what the price is and what the scope of work is. Beautiful. It does not have to be hard. Stick your logo on it. Contracts are a little bit different. I would mm -hmm. always suggest either like having a lawyer look it over or consulting in some online legal, um, yeah. you know, like advice for the first one at least so that way you can kind of replicate that moving forward mm -hmm. um i i believe in like kind of bubble wrapping your business a little bit and i i love um i have you know i obviously have some people that i always send people to if they're interested but i've never run into any issues like that knock on wood <laughs> um but i do believe that a contract is a, a special thing for both you and the client. It's not just to protect you, it's also to protect the client. Yeah. And I think it's important that we respect those expectations for a client to say like, hey, we, we're doing this in a professional manner. Mm -hmm. I want you to believe I'm professional. I want, I want to believe you're professional. I want us to have a beautiful relationship together. And so it's kind yeah. of like a love letter relationship between the client and the service provider. Okay, so your operating system. Do you have an operating system? Mm -hmm. That part sounds scary. It's not scary. Just just write down your simple system right now. Write down what happens when a customer wants to hire me. Then what happens next? I send them a proposal. They agree to the proposal. I send them a contract. I send them an invoice for the deposit. Like well, however you want to do it. Make sure you know what your system is and write it down and get it ready. So that way you are ready when it comes time. Okay. The next part is how do I want the, the fifth question? The final question is how do you want people to refer you? When you're done working with someone or when you're done on a podcast, you're done um, speaking to somebody's group, do you have an easy way for them to refer you or to talk about you, to leave you a testimonial? Mm -hmm. um, do they know what you want? Like, do you know what kind of points they, you want them to hit? I always ask people after I work with them, would you be willing to leave me an honest testimonial on Google or LinkedIn? I don't need you to, I don't need you to say anything specific. I'm not mm -hmm. asking for anything. But what I would like to know is if you would talk about these, these types of work that we did together. Like, yeah. please mention that it was a coaching, please mention that it was a coaching dynamic. So people know that it wasn't like a, a project management of a website mm -hmm. or something like that you know um please mention that we talked that we this was about um you know what industry you're in i want that that kind of stuff to be mentioned so yeah. be specific and explicit about how you want people to refer you ask for honest referrals and testimonials and like let those things flow let those things like make like let those things infiltrate you and believe <laughs> that those things are actually real about you 
yeah. collect, collect them, put them in a folder to read through before you go into your next, your next meeting mm -hmm. or like, um, you know, save them. You use them every once in a while on social media, use them as little case studies. If, you know, especially if they're in a public place, you're able to use them, you know, in, in a few different ways, but, and yeah. look into how you're, you're able to use them, but, and always ask for permission, by the way, mm -hmm. if you want to use someone's testimonial in writing, but, um, that is, that is one of the things that I would say is the most forgotten about is like after you're done with a project, you mentally, you're like, okay, I'm done with this project and asking for that testimonial and keeping that relationship with that person, whether or not they're still your client is going to be so helpful and so instrumental to you mm -hmm. finding new people to work with and and making that relationship even deeper for the future. You never know how something will open up once you know somebody and it could be several years down the line, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that is true. And I've experienced that. So I can speak to that, but yeah, you brought us like beautifully full circle back to the question <laughs> that I had initially intended to ask you, but I don't even need to anymore because my thought was when you said you were talking about how people come to your inbox and ask you to work with them. I'm like, have you ever asked them what drew you to me because it gives you such great wording to put behind what it is that draws people to you yeah you know I haven't ever asked them that question mm, that's interesting. interesting yeah yeah I'm like yeah. that feel awkward who cares if it feels awkward everything feels awkward for me you know yeah. but <laughs> everything feels awkward for me too <laughs> Like, so why did you ask me to work with you? Like how yeah. clunky can we get? Yeah. But I no, I don't think, I don't right? think it's a clunky question. I think yeah. if it, I think coming from the right person, I think if there's anyone that could ask that question, it would be you or I, and people would be like, <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. You know? Um, but I don't think that I've ever asked that question. I think at the end I've asked them, what was the thing that stood out to you the most? Mm, um, or like what, after I've spoken to a group and someone has come to my social media and been like, thank you so much for speaking. Like, thank you for even taking the time to come yeah. say that to me. And second of all, I'm always trying to improve my presentation and I would love to know like what part stuck out to you. I'm yeah. like, what part was sticky to you? Because mm -hmm. those parts are, especially when working with speakers, those are those sticky parts are the parts, especially when you're on stage, where you have a lot of room for engagement and for crowd, um, like crowd engagement, crowd participation. So I always yeah. like to know those spaces and where I how I can improve those places even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the parts are really making people feel something. Yeah. yeah, that's great to know. Because how would you identify what sticks out to someone else without asking them. And then when you identify that, were those the things that you wanted to stand out? Like, let's do some work with this. That's brilliant. Right. Absolutely. And I have to apologize for the, all the sirens. But <laughs> Is everything background. okay over there? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I do live by a hospital, but it's a little bit extra today. For some yeah. Reason, so. Oh, yeah. that's all right. Sorry about that. <laughs> So I've noticed something that I, I wanted to get your input on, and that is I've noticed, and I think you said something to this somewhere along in the accelerator, but I've noticed that when I post a reel, say something comes to me, I'm inspired and I'm like, you know what? I really want to share this. This is like on my heart. And I post that reel. That reel will get ridiculous interaction and traction and views. 
But if I go and schedule five posts over a week for my podcast and put together graphics that take me multiple hours to create these beautiful graphics, nothing, they go nowhere. And I'm like, I am wasting my time being consistent with scheduling these ahead of time. And it wasn't even moving the needle. And I think this is a great question for you because it speaks to, okay, how can I leverage my personal branding, my authenticity to create content that draws people and my people? Okay. Well, there's a couple things here. There's a few things here, of Mm -hmm. course. Um, There is something to be said about what is happening inside you when you put something out there in the moment. Like you could probably describe this better than I could the like energy behind what happens when you are like having an energetic exchange by putting something that is so heavy on your mind out there mm-hmm. into the world. Um, and, and that is usually why that po- I honestly, that's part of the reason that post picks up is because if you're feeling that it's mm-hmm. probably means that a bunch of other people are feeling it at the same time. Yeah. Um, it also might be more organic and more really you than something that you've planned. And people are people will always navigate towards the things that feel like they are really you because if it mm-hmm. ever feels like it's not you. Okay, let me give you an example. Have you ever been on Instagram? I mean, you've kind of like you've noticed something as an ad, just even subconsciously, you just scroll right by it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. But sometimes even if your friend is selling something or it feels more like a promotion, you might also scroll by it because you're like, oh, I, I'm here for this stuff where they share like yeah. their kids or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. like, oh, that's why I follow them. Not saying that that's for you, but yeah, but you but you subconsciously scroll by things like that when they're when they don't when you don't know that they are absolutely applicable to you. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of things you can do here. Um, First, well, and then I have another tangent too, but Mm -hmm. there's there's a couple of things here. The first thing is you can really dig deep into here who your audience is and figure out, if you're gonna schedule content, figure out what they exactly need to know in that Mm -hmm. moment, you know, like, what do you think that they will like what is the thing that will stop them from scrolling because if you can get really deep into what your audience needs and understand what would make them stop scrolling what kind of or what kind of graphics are trendy that would make like that you could remake with your own content in them Mm -hmm. something that would make it make them stop and actually look and read or stop and want to look at the caption The second part of it is that a lot of people have noticed that they're getting a lot less likes lately. And yes, of course, the algorithm is like a major part of this, right? Mm -hmm. I don't, I personally don't, and I was just having a conversation with my friend about (laughs) this last night. Um, I don't use Instagram as a way to get myself clients. If clients come from Instagram, great. I don't depend on the algorithm to get me clients. That's a surefire way to make yourself miserable. (laughs) You have zero control over that. You have 100,000% zero control. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Like there's no control over the algorithm. So don't depend on that to get you clients. Be yourself, like be who you are because a lot of people notice that they get less likes 
but the behavior on social media has completely changed. Like it has changed so dramatically. Um, when we first started using social media, like in the 2000s, you know, the two, like 2002 or something. Mm -hmm. Yep. Was when it was like the big social media boom and Facebook was just for college students. And you had to have a college ID. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah, I do. Oh, I do. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get my college ID because I wanted to get on Facebook. Um, I graduated in 2006. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's why like on our, the behaviors on social media back then, like even on Facebook, we're like, we would write on each other's MySpace walls. Yeah. And then when we got to Facebook, not then we would start, we would leave literal like messages about what we were doing on in public on people's walls. Like, hey, where do you want to go to dinner tonight? Oh, let's go try <laughs> that new bar downtown. Like, it was like, we, it's so cringy now because it comes yeah, up it in is. our Facebook memories <laughs> and it's like, oh no. And you're like talking in the third person and, it, and it's so bad, right? Yep. Then the creation of like photo platforms, like, like Instagram happened and Tumblr, right? And then, then the thread platforms like Reddit mm, and mm -hmm. like, um, a lot of different other thread platforms. And so, and like discord now too, is like, yep. so there's, so things have changed dramatically in the way that we use social media. We no longer go to people's pages and write in the third person and yeah. do all of those <laughs> things. Right. But back then what we used to do, what all the capabilities we had of doing was commenting and liking. Okay. Mm. And we are still so focused on that being a metric of success now, even though that even though there are like 30 other features on mm -hmm. every single platform that people are doing and, yeah. and connecting and engaging in a certain way. How many times have you scrolled by something that you're like, oh my gosh, this reminds me so much of this friend. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. What do you do with that when you see it? I did this just this morning. I sent it right to them. First thing I did. Friend. Yep. I would venture to guess that you didn't even like the post. Not until I came back to it after I sent it. <laughs> yeah. You might not have even liked it. Seriously. Yep. yep. And that's the thing. Or you know what some other people do? They screenshot it. They don't even share it on the app. Oh, so there's no tracking of it. <laughs> they screenshot it and they send it to somebody. Yep. So don't for a second think that your likes and your comments are a metric of success. Mm -hmm. We are in 2023 and people are saddened by this low number of likes and comments on their valuable posts. But the emotional weight and on likes and comments because of nostalgia is why mm. it's heavy, not because yeah. of real life. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So make sure that if you have something to say and you have something to give, and even if you spent a lot of time on it, someone is seeing it. Mm -hmm. um, there's also this other factor of like the anonymity of, of people online. Like you yeah. have no way to like, like if you like a post, you're going to see that someone else, you know, liked it, even if yeah. a thousand other people liked it. Yep. A lot of times if something holds a lot, if you're working with someone, if you're, if you are someone who works with people who, um, or works with topics that have a lot more emotional weight or mm. are a little bit more, um, not divisive. That's not the word I'm looking for. Yeah, but, no, no, exactly where you're headed. Um, yeah. If it's, they're yep. more spicy topics or like topics that could potentially make their mom upset <laughs> or something <laughs> or like you know like topics like they're not ready to confront about themselves yet or let anyone else know about themselves 
like there's a lot of different reasons why something with a more emotional or something with a more mm. meaningful or impactful topic might not get as many likes. Wow. Yeah. Because yeah, someone valid. is not ready to say that to the rest of the world just by liking it or commenting on it, that that, that is something that they self-identify with yet. Wow. That's, I never even thought about that, but that's so true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's also like bosses and managers and <laughs> coworkers that like could see something or be like, oh, did you see they liked this? You know, there's yep. a lot of different reasons why people are just not liking things. And mm. we still are putting so much emphasis on comments and likes that it, I feel like someone, someone in Silicon Valley is laughing at us. <laughs> Like they think likes yeah. and comments are still <laughs> a thing, you know? So, so don't worry so much about that. Keep yeah. putting your truth out into the world and keep, keep knowing that you are impacting people, even mm -hmm. when you might not see it. Um, pay attention also to like your insights. So yeah. when you are looking at your analytics and I don't recommend looking at your analytics all the time, I recommend looking at them in three month chunks or six month chunks. Yeah. Um, when you are looking at them, look at how many people are like, look at the exposure of it. Like, look at, mm -hmm. um, I have a, I have a client that I worked with this week that talks about very controversial subjects, um, in, within a certain industry. And we, I told them like, it's clear to me, a lot of people are reading their, mm -hmm. their articles, their blog posts virally reading their yeah. posts but no one's liking them and there's a reason for that because a lot of these people agree with what this person is saying but it's mm -hmm. such a like political industry that they feel like they can't say anything or they can't back it up or they might get fired if they do yeah and so i said here's the thing we you can always you can always be upset that you have a secret audience and we can use it as a we can say it's a disability mm -hmm. or we can lean into the fact that you have a secret a secret audience and we can we can like we can really do some work with that yeah can, yeah you can talk saying, to them directly yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> even saying like you know hey i know you can't i know that you might not be able to like this but if you want to share this with somebody you know that needs it please you know lean into it like yeah. figure out oh, who wow. it is you're talking to and really pay attention to them yeah i feel like that goes right back to what you said about like that's your most powerful place Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, just, just view it in, in a way of asking yourself, how can this be my superpower instead of something that I view as a negative? Yes. I love that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, I hope, I hope I didn't get off on too many tangents here, but oh, this I, is great. I do believe that we can, if like one person at a time, if, you know, whether 200 people listen to this podcast or 2000 or two, yeah. I think that if we can influence a couple people um at a time to make social media a better place yeah. and to make um how we show up in the world more genuine mm -hmm. that's is the key to to changing and impacting a lot more people yeah and it's the key to finding personal fulfillment because Absolutely. once you tap in and you show up as the most genuine genuine strongest most in touch person you can be you will just feel so much better. Your head will hit the pillow in peace at night and oh, you'll say, you know, that. yeah, that was the right thing for me to do. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. 
So I have five super quick, random, rapid fire questions. Great. I'm First excited. thing that comes to your mind. These scare me though. Never, <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're a fun. Preparer. Okay. They're fun. Okay. Are you ready? I actually read part of your bio to ask them. So I'm like hmm. preparing, preparing for you. Okay. So where is your favorite place you've traveled so far? Oh gosh. Um, so I just got back from Alaska mm. and it, I will say that I got off the plane and I thought, oh my gosh, it's so gorgeous. Look at those mountains. And then like every 15 minutes, it just like blew my mind. It was like a hundred times more gorgeous over and over and over again, oh, the whole trip. Yeah. Just everywhere I looked, it was so beautiful and so breathtaking. So definitely Alaska would be on one of them. And then the second one would be the Tetons. Mm. I I have this memory that like replays in my head of um, of me and my person. We were driving in a van towards the mountains and mm -hmm. towards the Tetons and it was like sunset and it was just like underneath the mountains where the sun was setting, it was like on fire and oh. the sky was like purple and orange and yellow and it was on, it was the most beautiful sunset I've ever seen. And it was like, the air was cool and mm -hmm. our windows were open. And it was like, I, that memory just like is on repeat nonstop. And whenever someone yeah. says, where is the most, you know, what it like go to a happy place or go to like a place in nature. Like that's what I think of is that, that night. Yeah. Yeah. And it got to be shared with someone special, which is like, absolutely, you know, exponentially multiplies the joy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 100%. What is your hidden talent? Oh gosh, those questions are so hard for me. Um, <laughs> hidden talent. Maybe something that people don't know about me that maybe they not, no one now knows about me is that I used to want to be like a rock star. So mm -hmm. I sang all through elementary school, middle school, high school. I played clarinet. I played guitar. I wanted Aww. to be, I wanted to be Jewel. I wanted to like go yes. live in a city <laughs> and play my acoustic guitar at bar shows and like work my way through the U S and in some ways I've done that, not playing guitar and singing, mm. but in, in many ways I've gotten to do a lot of nomad life. Yeah, you have. Yeah. How do you like your coffee? Um, I, I, I am an equal opportunity coffee drinker. <laughs> I love to make myself a pour over coffee if I'm drinking black coffee and that's, mm -hmm. I'll drink it black if I make myself a pour over. But my, one of my favorite coffee orders at a coffee shop is a quad shot of espresso, which is really Oh my. <laughs> that's what I got today. That's why I'm so peppy. And I got in a splash of water and a splash of oat milk. I know Amazing. it sounds bizarre, but it's so delicious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who brings you joy? Who brings me joy? Uh, my friends, for sure. I have, I really feel so strongly that I have some of the best, most wonderful, most supportive friends. Mm. And especially, um, I went through a very hard couple of years a few years ago and kind of changed my life a lot. And mm -hmm. I had no choice but to lean on them when I've mm. always been so independent, so fiercely independent. I had no choice but to just fall apart on them over and over mm. and over again. And they like, oof, got me choked up. Mm. They really, they're the best people in the world. And of course the person that I'm, the person that I'm seeing is very special mm. to me as well. They, they've shown me how, um, how love can be different. So, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> I know we can't talk about it. We cry. Like, no. <laughs> oh, this makes the last question seem so like flighty. But what's your favorite snack food? <laughs> My favorite <laughs> snack food. Oh gosh. Um, I'm like I have like a weird relationship with food, so I can't think of anything. Um, wine. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. It's perfect. Okay. <laughs> I have a very neutral, I have a, it's like a random side note. I have like a really neutral stance on food. Like I don't have oh, yeah. I don't do good or bad with food. So interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. very intuitive. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. If our listeners would like to get in touch with you or learn more about what you do, what's the best way for them to do that? If they're not too weirded out by my final answers <laughs> here. <laughs> um, I would love for them to connect with me on Instagram. I'm L Davis Creative. I'm actually L Davis Creative pretty much everywhere. Um, I'm on, but I, I'm the only person that's on my Instagram and I would love to connect with them in the, in their direct messages and, and, uh, and chat about this interview, chat about anything they learned here today. I'm always available. Amazing. I'll make sure we put those in the show notes. And, you know, I think if there's anything that you've taught me that I would just turn right back to you is that you have created those people who you love by being the person who you are. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Oh, thanks. This has been fun. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Passionate Pursuits, powered by Corns Coaching, LLC. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe now. This show is completely ad-free, so if you gain value from listening, please leave a review and share with a friend. I am so grateful for you. Thank you.